Thank you, Gavin. We in studio today. This is Evelyn Davidson with Love Talk, and we want to thank you, uh, Gavin, for all the help that you've given us. We're in the middle of a big move and a big change as we as the bridge is adding the FM frequency, and I understand we're going to do some podcasts and carry so a lot of exciting things are going on. We've been in this series from the cradle to the cross to the crown to the chapel. And the chapel is the throne room. And we know and we believe, Carrie, that that chapel has a door on it. And there's a key to get inside. And the door in its prayer, it's the shack of prayer, it's the chapel of prayer. And and prayer is the is the door, but praise is the key. So we just want to praise today that we're here and have a wonderful time with the guests that we're going to have today. Absolutely. Hello, Miss Evelyn. <laughs> it's always so great to be with you. Yes, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, friends, and it is always a delight to be here on Love Talk with Miss Evelyn Davison. She's the legend, Miss Evelyn Davison. Today we are going to look at Miss Evelyn. I tell you what, this past weekend um, was, uh, you know, a national day of remembrance, of um, hopefully looking forward as we look at the sanctity of life. Yes. And we have a, a wonderful guest today that's going to walk us through some things. We look at how the women's movement for equality in America has basically been hijacked. Mm-hmm. And it's really not a women's movement anymore. Um, it's it's an angry movement mm-hmm. and a response. A response. And as we look at how that has destroyed the life of the unborn today, we we want to get some facts. We want to get some figures. We want to look at options that are out there for us. We're going to look at a big lie. How has America gotten to the point where killing preborn children is considered a right? And a mark of mm-hmm. equality. You know, and equity. Right. The two words, mark, quality and equity. Absolutely. And one of the biggest lies told to our generation is that this empowers women. Take control of your own bodies. You know, make your own decision. Whenever really we see what happens is um, sometimes there's coercion. Sometimes there's things that go on. And is this really empowering women or is this destroying women? And Miss Evelyn, our scripture for today comes from Psalm 139, 13 through 15. It's so beautiful. You created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonder. You made me in a secret place. Made in a secret place. You know, that's such a a soothing, soothing uh, statement for us to hear from the Lord Jesus. um, But it's not a smooth place for everybody. Uh, Karen, we want to talk today. You know, it's um, there. There are a lot of great and powerful groups that are working uh, for and against um, abortion, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's when you get rid of something you don't want, you abort it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like going to the on a spaceship. You know, they can abort a mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the headline in the Austin American Statement this week was: "It's too expensive." For Planned Parenthood to pay for burial or cremation for unborn babies. And so it's been all over the news this week. 
you know, with even with the State of the Union address last night, it's still a forefront. And one of the things that's so disturbing to me about that is that people don't really understand the value of life. Uh, we've got some marvelous, marvelous uh, groups that have given birth to the lives of so many babies. Uh, and Heidi groups are one of those. We're going to talk about them today a little bit. But, you know, the... Uh, even Governor Abbott is is really burned about this, and he issued a proclamation this week. Give us a little bit of that. Absolutely. This is from January 22nd, and our governor here in Texas, Governor Abbott, issued a very strong statement. Texas stands at the forefront of upholding the sanctity and dignity of human life and protecting the most vulnerable among us. Thanks to the work of so many, there is now an entire generation of young women who recognize that a sonogram is their baby's first picture. I, and this is, these are Governor Abbott's words. Again, I'm proud to have been a part of the steps our state has recently taken to promote a culture of life. And he goes on to say that 45 years after the Roe versus Wade decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, these and other life-affirming efforts stand as a continuing and a hopeful response to encourage a culture of life. He had stated that the sale or donation of baby body parts is prohibited. Partial birth, partial birth abortions and dismemberment abortions are now banned mm. in Texas. And burial or cremation of babies lost to abortion is now required. Texas is also increasing efforts to support women's health and assist mothers as they raise their children. Way to go, Texas. Uh, as we continue in these efforts, let us seek to change minds and persist in advancing loving alternatives to abortion, such as adoption. Together, and by God's grace, we can give every child the chance to live a happy and fulfilling life. And he goes to close this and say, Therefore, I, Greg Abbott, Governor of Texas, do hereby proclaim January 22nd, 2018 to be Sanctity of Human Life Day. You know, Miss Evelyn, as I read this, I, I find it um, sad mm-hmm. that we are now... That we that well first of all that we haven't buried babies right. that have been aborted that they've these body parts have been thrown away in a trash can. Um, they have fingers, they have toes, Miss Evelyn. They you know this is it's very sad. And for Governor Abbott to step out and say that burial and creation of babies lost to abortion is now required that is a huge. Mm-hmm huge step. You know, there are a lot of good things going on in that regard. You know, we've the, the TV thing last week with, with uh, Carol Everett on Mike, um, Mike, Mike Huckabee's show has brought that to a forefront oh, of right. what Texas actually is doing. And we lead, I think we lead the, the, the nation in, in legislation for the goodwill of those that are unborn. Just uh, this week, I had a phone call from a guy that um, uh, was with a major corporation, uh, nonprofit trust fund, and he asked me if my husband and I would be interested in starting or building a cemetery for the unborn babies Mm. uh, that come out in Texas. Mm. Uh, And I've 
I referred him to a friend named Alan Parker. And Alan's going to be our guest today. Give us an introduction for Alan. Absolutely. Alan Parker, oh friends, you you are in for a treat. Alan Parker is the current president of the Justice Foundation. The Justice Foundation represents the women and men of Operation Outcry, which is a ministry of the Justice Foundation that seeks to end the pain of abortion in America and around the world. By mobilizing these women and men hurt by abortion to become witnesses who share their stories of the devastating effects of abortion. Operation Outcry is touching hearts. Alan Parker was the president and lead counsel for Norma McCorvey, sorry to mispronounce that, formerly Roe of Roe v. Wade from 2000 to 2012, and Sandra Cano, the Doe of Doe v. Bolton until 2014 in their efforts to overturn the two landmark cases that brought legalized abortion on demand to America. So Alan Parker is a man who champions life. Life and love. And love. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And Alan, we are so grateful to have you here today on Love Talk. Welcome to the show. Thank you to both of you, and thank you for all you do. And I'm glad my father could hear that wonderful introduction. My father, (laughs) thank you all. It's all him. It's all him. Uh, well, we thank you, Alan. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and I think this is the first time that maybe we've done a, a radio program back in 2013 when um, the Texas uh, legislature was shut down by protesters that came in in regard to some of the laws that we uh, were looking at or precautions. And uh, we did some, we did about 40 hours of live TV down there. And I remember uh, so a, a couple of times that I got a chance to just say hello to you. And so through the years, you have been one of my heroes. And I just, you know, I want to thank you today. And, and uh, I want you to introduce yourself to us again. We do need to take a break in a couple of minutes, but tell us what's in on your heart today as, as we move into this discussion. Well, thank you. And uh, you do remind me how so many Christians came to the Texas Capitol in that fight for the Ambulatory Surgical Center and Hospital Admitted Privilege Bill. And We are calling on Christians across America to go to the Supreme Court this year on March 20th because there is a bill at the United States Supreme Court that's a tip from California attempting to force crisis pregnancy centers to have to refer people to free abortions from the state. So it's a case of compelled speech where not only do they want abortion to be legal, they want Christians to participate in promoting abortion. And uh, like Texans came to the Supreme to the Texas Capitol and won a victory by praying and presence. You remember, Evelyn, people were actually singing worship songs in yes. the Capitol, while the other crowd was actually shouting, "Hail Satan!" Hail oh, I Satan. know. Yes. And drawing pentagrams. Yeah. Well, that's the crowd that we're, we don't fight against that crowd. Our enemy is in the spiritual realm, and yeah. we love all the people. We want, like Cecile Richards just resigned from Planned Parenthood, we're praying that now that she gets out of the abortion business, 
she'll repent and come to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Amen. We, oh, boy, I love your dialogue, <laughs> Alan. We, well, we, yes. we love all we got a lot we want to talk about today. We do need to take our uh, station break. When we come back, uh, we, want, we really want to look at this uh, from the Texas point of view uh, as we have really mourned over 45 years of legalized abortion under uh, Roe versus Wade. We want to know what that's cost us right after this. Stay with us for Ellen Parker and the Love Talk Network. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here on the bridge, and we are so grateful that we are now on 1120 AM and 101.1 FM, and you can find us on our app as well. So if you uh, know that you want to listen to Love Talk and you want to listen to the bridge at any time, but you're out of range, you can just pull it up on the app on your phone, and you can listen Anytime, 24-7. We're so grateful to have you here on Love Talk. Of course, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and of course, we have Mrs. Evelyn Davison. But also on the phone, we have a lawyer, Alan Parker, who, Alan Parker Jr., who has really been instrumental over the last, gosh, Alan, how long have you been working in this field? I would say 30 years. Um, <laughs> 20 years? Say it again. I'm sorry. 18. Fantastic. 18 Fantastic. Um, what, Alan, as, as we look at what Texas is doing to um, really look at women's rights from the perspective of we have the right to keep our babies, too, and we have a right to say no to abortions, um, as we look at life, what has been important in Texas over these last few months, and what what is the what do you think the future holds? Well, we have some of the strongest pro-life uh, laws in the nation. Uh, one of them is our sonogram law, which requires every woman in Texas to be shown what is actually the contents of her uterus when she's pregnant, to use the medical term. In other words, to show her the baby. Uh, I represent over 4,500 women who were hurt by their abortions, and they now give us legally admissible testimony in writing that we take to courts and legislatures, and they have told us that they're told it's a blob of tissue. Don't worry, it's nothing. But when you show the sonogram uh, to the women, then they can see the beating heart. At the time that most abortions occur, the heart's already beating. They can see the doctor's supposed to say, here's the hands, here's the feet, this is the heart. Well, that's a human being that has mm-hmm. those things. And it dropped abortions by about 20%. We actually know that when women see it, it drops about by about 80 or 90%. Mm-hmm. But the abortionists have figured out ways to avoid it. I Just this last Friday, and we were contacted by a pregnancy resource center They had a parent, a couple, that weren't deciding whether to have an abortion. They went to the abortionist, and she asked to see the sonogram, and the abortionist refused to Mm. allow her to do it. Mm. Fortunately, she went across the street, she and her husband with her, and a pro-life pregnancy center across the street showed them the sonogram, and they said, that's a baby. We're keeping this. We can't have an abortion. And they're really mad, and uh, they contacted us as lawyers, and we're going to help them 
file a complaint against that abortionist and the doctor, uh, the, and, uh, and that doctor should have his license revoked for not giving the patient what they want. Even, uh, even people who think it should be a woman's choice, which ought to be outraged by that. And, of course, we know it's killing a human being. That should never be anyone's choice. We hope and pray, and I believe that Roe v. Wade will be reversed in the next one to two, but possibly three years at most. Oh, well, I love your faith, uh, Alan. Uh, well, let's talk about the Justice Foundation. Um, what, how, what is it? How is it funded? And, and why did you found it? <laughs> well, we are a nonprofit, public interest, litigation, and education group. And by that, it uh, means that people give donations to us so that we can provide our services free of charge to people who need the help. And uh, we started out in 25 years ago in 1993 doing limited government, free markets, private property, and parental rights. And the big issue for us in that was school choice because the most places where parents come in contact with the government is in the school system and we have to bring children into the world and then we have to educate them properly mm. and school choice the supreme court well we fought for this for many years and we're involved in it that but the supreme court has now said the states are free to provide education to all children not just those in public schools but all children and the state could divide up its money equally among all the children and then say to the parents, you're now free to spend that education in a public school, if that's what you want, or in a private school. Parents could choose religious schools, and that's the free exercise of religion. It's not an establishment of religion. So we're hoping part of the whole problem in our culture today is that the Supreme Court took uh, – God out of our government and out of our schools in 1962. And today's shooting, stabbings, opioid crisis, it's all a result of the spiritual vacuum that came when we took God out of the life of our nation and the life of our children. It should be voluntary, but it was voluntary back then. And uh, school choice was a big, big issue and still is. But in the year 2000, uh, the Lord, uh, young women attorneys came to us. We started a Women's Health Protection Task Force. And in 2000, I, I went to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., the first time I'd ever gone to one. And I met Norma McCorvey. There was a snowstorm that made her have to stay. Uh, it shut down the airport. She went to a conference I was speaking at. And uh, the Lord gave me the idea coming back from that, that we needed to collect the testimonies of women hurt by abortion to take those back to the courts. Mm. And that became Operation Outcry, Silent No More. And we did see in the year 2007 that Justice Kennedy and the Supreme Court, by a five to four majority, upheld the partial birth abortion ban. And in that case, they cited the testimony of the women that God had brought to us. Mm. And it was the women's testimony that touched the heart of Kennedy. How do we overcome Satan? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and that we love not our lives unto death. 
And these are courageous women telling the most shameful and painful episode of their lives, many of which had hidden it for decades, not even told people in their churches about it, and yet they've written it out, they've given it to us, they allow us to take it to the Supreme Court. Many of them even speak publicly uh, on radio and television and, you know, wherever we can get the word out that abortion is not the answer. It opens a doorway to pain and suffering and death is inside the woman's body. It's the murder that occurs inside a woman's womb. It brings death into their bodies. And praise the Lord, the other message we said is, it is not the unforgivable sin. It is grave, Mm -hmm. difficult, and painful, serious sin. But it is not unforgivable, and there is healing and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for grace. Um, I actually have a very good friend um, that before she became a Christian, she became a Christian later in life, and before she became a Christian, she did have an abortion, and she was... um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I've known this woman for a very long time, and then she told me that, and she was um, so broken. And um, after she found Christ, uh, she had she ha- had one baby but couldn't get pregnant for many, many, many years. And she carried a lot of guilt saying, well, maybe if I hadn't had that mm-hmm. abortion, you know, I would have my two babies now. And um, the Lord did give her another child. And uh, you know her repentant her repentant heart is 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 a beautiful thing, but the scars and the pain that she carries, even though she knows she's forgiven, it's uh, it's very it's very hard for women to um, to move past that pain and those scars that are there. Um, and the Lord forgives us fully. We have to forgive mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, so, Alan, what beautiful work you do there. And I'm sure these women, as you said, these women are so courageous to tell their stories. As we've seen many women step up uh, currently speaking out against uh, sexual harassment, sexual abuse. Um, and they're so courageous. And these women that are speaking out about how abortion has negatively affected their lives whenever they thought they were making a decision to positively affect their lives. Um, just the, 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 the courage that you give them, Alan, and empower them with because they, they feel safe with you and they know that you are fighting for them. What, a, what great work you do. Well, Alan, well, thank one, you. Yeah, one of the things that, that is um, so troubling uh, to me is through the history of America. And, and, and this thought just has run in and out of my mind, is that how this cause of women being raised up to believe that they can take the life of a child, an unborn baby, and throw it away, that it's not valuable. Uh, we have a couple of minutes till we take our break. Um, what is... Um, what what is moral outcry doing in this regard? Well, let me mention the uh, even the early feminists like Susan B. Anthony were adamantly opposed to abortion. Abortion enslaves women to the lust of men, and the the sexual aspect of the feminist movement enslaves women to the lust of men. 
And in a way, it enslaves men to their own lust. It just inflames everybody's lust as lust, and lust wages war against the soul for both men and women. So a moral outcry is a petition to the United States Supreme Court to ask them to reverse the crime against humanity which they created in their abortion decisions. Abortion is not a right, it's wrong. Abortion should not be legal, it's a crime against humanity. And a crime against humanity occurs when the government withdraws legal protection from a class of human beings. And that's what abortion does. It says to every child in the womb, you have no rights, you're not a person, we're going to do whatever we want to you. That includes saline abortions that burns them to death with salt. It it includes dismemberment abortions where the body parts are chopped up into so many pieces that the abortionist has to collect them afterwards, put them out on the table and count them to make sure they haven't left a dead baby body part in the Mm. mother's womb. It includes suction abortions where they're vacuumed out uh, and a bloody mess. You mentioned earlier that we are trying to bury the bodies. Uh, A number of years ago in Houston, there was a car dealership, and they called in and complained that blood and baby body parts were flowing out of the ground near their center because there had been a plumbing break from the Mm. abortion facility. Mm. And those bodies, and I'm sorry to be so grace, but grief, so so gross, but it's a gross crime, and the bodies are often just ground up in in uh, like a kitchen garbage disposal and poured out into the. In fact, we are drinking dead baby body parts and, and the DNA of children because if it's, if these are not properly buried, then where they are is flushed down the disposal drains in the abortion clinics, and they go into the sewer system. And I'm sorry to say that, but everyone listening should be in favor of burying the bodies in a proper disposal. Why do we dispose of human waste? It produces death and destruction. Once the spirit leaves, the body just, you know, goes back to dust, like God said. But when you flush it down the disposal system, it goes into the lakes and rivers, and we are drinking the remains of about fifty to 60,000 children a year in Texas. That Praise is so God heartbreaking. That is yeah. so heartbreaking, Alan, because we all of this is under the blanket. People don't talk about it. They don't hear about it. There's no uh, publicity, very little media that gives the side of those unborn babies. And it's just not that, you know, the, the parts, but it's their very life and the soul of who they are. We do need to take our next break. Let's do that, uh, Carrie. When we come back, let's talk about what's really happening in Texas and what kind of witness have we been for the United States of America. Right after this, stay with us for left off. Welcome back, friends, to today's Christian Talk. You are here on the bridge. You have... uh 
struck the jackpot because you are here with Miss Evelyn Davison. I'm Carrie Brinkater, and on the phone we have our good friend Alan Parker Jr., who is the president of the Justice Foundation, which represents the men and women of Operation Outcry, a ministry of the Justice Foundation that seeks to end the pain of abortion in America and around the world by mobilizing women and men hurt by abortion to become witnesses that share their true stories of the devastating effects of abortion. And Alan just so eloquently spoke about how abortion is a crime against humanity and how the laws that our, that our government has allowed basically wage war against men and women. They, they wage war against women succumbing to, you know, the lust of men. Not only that, but succumbing to a lie that they've been told mm-hmm. that this is going to make everything okay. That you can be as free as you want. You don't have to live in any, in, in, in any sort of regulations. That you can do whatever you want with no consequences. But what, is, what we have found is that there are consequences, physically, mentally, spiritually. And Alan sees that every day as he works with these men and women who have been devastated by the effects of abortion. And uh, you stated, Alan, earlier that withdrawing legal protection from a human being is, is, is that, that's, that's a crime. And um, our government seems to have done that. What, what has Texas done recently um, that has led the way for our nation? Well, we've been leading the way for quite a way. There's three <laughs> major areas where we've been doing it. Number one, Governor Rick Perry was the first governor to ever declare April as abortion awareness, abortion recovery awareness month. April is spring, new life, so there is life after abortion. He was the first person to do it. And the second thing that was the first Texas thing is Texas was the first state to pass a safe haven law. In 1999, under George Bush, we passed a law which now has been copied by every state in the union, which says no woman has to get an abortion to be free of the burden of child care. Uh, And that's why women get abortions. I sat through the abortion trial in the Texas House B-2 case that Evelyn and I were there praying in the Capitol with thousands. Uh, And the abortionist said, no woman gets pregnant to get an abortion. In other words, abortion is not a good thing. It's not what women want. Mm -hmm. What they want is to be free. There's two kinds of women. She either says, I can't take care of this woman. And there are desperate circumstances. Mm -hmm. Women feel overwhelmed. They're pregnant. Some man has left them. Left them. They're getting divorced. They've got no money, no job. How can mm-hmm. I take care of this child? They may say. Mm-hmm. Another type of woman may say, "I don't want this child. I want my life. I want my career. I want to do this." Mm-hmm. So either they can't or they don't want to take care of the child. Well, every state now says to that woman, "Don't kill that child. Give us that child within 60 days of birth in Texas." You can give your child, turn back into a hospital or fire station in Texas, no questions asked, no legal proceeding, no termination of parental rights. You don't have to fill out any forms. Just drop the baby off, and the state will take care of that child until it's adopted because there's a million people waiting to adopt children, healthy newborn infants, and it's hard to find 
them, and it costs $20,000 or so to adopt a child. So the third new thing that Texas is leading the way on is this moral outcry petition, and it kind of combines all of that into the new thing. This was birthed in prayer by Melinda Thibault of uh, Kansas City, but uh, the Justice Foundation is the lawyer for the petition, so we're the ones promoting it all over the nation. And what the moral outcry says is, and anyone listening to this phone, to this uh, radio program can click on the moraloutcry.com and sign the petition themselves. And you can tell the Supreme Court, abortion is a crime against humanity. It's a human being from the moment of conception. We now know that abortion hurts women because of scientific testimony and the testimonies of women. And we have a better way than abortion. We will help women through the safe haven laws, and we will adopt these children so that it's the Micah 6-8 solution is here. Do justice and love mercy. Justice is don't kill the child. Mercy is if you can't take care of the child, then transfer responsibility to the state, and we as a society will help you. We'll find a place for that child. So the it's a win-win. We're not going back to Roe v. Wade days, there'll be no coat hanger abortions. Why do that when you can simply walk out of the hospital and leave your child behind? Now, that is the law, and you don't have to argue whether that's a good policy or not. Obviously, the best thing is for a, a man and a woman to get married and to have children and to take care of them together, because it is hard to raise a child by yourself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the state, we it's it's the worst thing of all is to kill a child. Mm. That is always the wrong decision in any situation where there are difficulties. And the moral outcry petition is a new way. It's never been done in American history. It's a new way. We've already filed the first 57,000 names with the Supreme Court. Then the second time we had 74,000 names. Ooh. We're looking for over 100,000 names the next time. And every time the court deals with abortion, we're going to be there with hundreds of thousands of people saying, reverse Roe v. Wade. It's a crime against humanity. And we need every voice that opposes abortion to sign the moral outcry petition. Uh, Alan, there's one thing that's hit the newspapers uh, a lot the last, and not just newspapers, all of the online services that um, Planned Parenthood CEO Cecile Richard uh, has resigned after presiding over 3.5 million abortions. And she announced her retirement this week. Why why do you think she's doing that at this time? I think people prayed about it, Evelyn. Great. That's a perfect answer. (laughs) And there's a new... There's a new kind of prayer. I urge your, uh, all of your people, and I, I love your praise and praying across America book. It's amazing. We need public prayer. But one of the things uh, I've been urging people to do, and, and a group called Intercessors for America actually put this out in their How to Reverse Roe v. Wade book in December and January, and it listed Cecile Richards' prayer uh, picture along with some of the other leaders of the pro-choice movement. And we pray for their salvation. I represented Norma McCorby, who was the row of Roe v. Wed. She's responsible for 60 million 
uh, debts in a way, but God forgave her. She became a Christian. She gave her life to Jesus. She's now gone to be with him in eternity forever. And that can happen to Cecile Richards, too, even though she's responsible for really, you know, $3.5 million. Uh, that's not the unforgivable sin. Our God's blood that he shed on the cross for us, Jesus' blood is better than the blood of the murdered victims. Mm. Even the murdered victims under the cross are crying out, How long, O Lord? How long? When will you avenge our blood? But one of the names of God from the Bible that's not talked about a lot is He is the avenger of blood. The blood cries out from the ground uh, for vengeance and for justice. And God allows evil to flourish for a little while so that men have a chance to repent and turn back to God. But the Bible says it's appointed for man to live once or to die once, and then comes judgment. So Cecile still has time. Others who participated or promote abortion, until they die, there's a chance to repent. After that, there's only the judgment of eternal God. And he hates the shedding of innocent blood. That's Proverbs 6.16. Mm-hmm. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And there's no more innocent blood than the child of the womb. Uh, Alan, we just have a couple of minutes, so we have to take our break. What What do you see is going to happen to Planned Parenthood as a result of this major change? Uh, and And also, what effect do you think that that even Mike Huckabee has with Carol Everett last week. What are, What is media doing about all this? Right. Well, we need to pray that God would bind the abortion power over the media. And one of the most successful prayer movements of the last couple of years has been 40 Days for Life, which prays for 40 days in a row in the spring and in the fall in front of the actual abortion clinics. And in the last three years, we have seen thousands of abortion clinics uh, close. Uh, Planned Parenthood is having to build mega death centers, and I say they're under siege. They're building their little fortresses. They would rather be in every corner of America, but they're having to build mega death centers because they're under siege from the forces of God who pray in front of those facilities. And that movement has shut down huge numbers of clinics. There are more crisis pregnancy centers in abortion than there are abortionists. We have the fewest number of abortionists performing abortions in America since Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. So prayer is working, and in the fullness of time, uh, they're going to be, (laughs) they're going to see their wealth gone, their treasures of darkness that they have They're one of the richest organizations in America, including getting half a billion dollars from taxpayers. They will eventually be defunded, and they will be, as an organization, on the ash heap of history. But we pray, uh, hundreds of them, hundreds of workers in the abortion clinic uh, industry come out of the industry every year. I heard last year there were 200 people who worked in abortion clinics, like Norma McCorvey did, who have come out of it and come to the Lord. So, Praise the Lord. So we pray that. We pray that for every member of the abortion industry. Well, th- 
thank you, uh, Alan, for that picture because we just don't understand uh, in the everydays of life how important it is that we stand against this this kind of evil because it is evil. It, it not only just destroys life uh, in the womb, but it just destroys life uh, in the hereafter. I mean, as, as far as lost people like Cecile. We need to take our break. Uh, we come back, um, Carrie, uh, let's just talk about uh, what's going on across the nation and a little bit about what we're going to do when we get to Washington. Right after this, stay with us. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies, Miss Evelyn Davison and Coach Carrie Brinkater. Today, we have just been talking about um, oh, our, our building bridges of love and leadership today through uh, this group called the Justice Foundation and their wonderful president, Alan Parker, who champions the rights of men and women who have been hurt by the devastating effects by, of abortion. And, Miss Evelyn, we just had, uh, you know, the March for Life here in January. People from across the nation and around the world rallied uh, at the National Mall in Washington. There's not official numbers out yet for how many people were there, but it was definitely over 100,000 people. And um, it was the 45th anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion. And we just saw so many people there. President Trump uh, spoke to all of the marchers there via satellite. What an amazing thing he did. Uh, He thanked the marchers for their commitment to life and declared January 22nd National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Uh, Pam Tebow was there. She is the mother of uh, the great quarterback, Tim Tebow, um, who has always been a champion. She was advised to abort Tim Tebow. The doctors, uh, she was very sick, and the doctors told her that Tim would ne- or that the baby would never survive. And uh, she said, "I am not going to have an abortion." And she stood up for that. And boy, look at what uh, he's been able to accomplish on the football field, always giving glory to God. And now he's a, 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 a speaker and travels around all over the nation talking about his story and constantly giving glory to God. And so what a platform God has given both he and his mom. And they were both at that March for Life speech. Um, now, Alan, we, we've seen that, you know, we have lots of marches. We had one here in Austin. It, is marching enough? Well, marching is very important. It is a faithful witness, but we all can do more. And there are little, lots of little ways that people can be involved. Um, uh, many of the women of Operation Outcry have started ministries to other women who've had abortions. Mm. So you can be involved in abortion recovery. Uh, anyone can stand in front of a clinic and pray. And that shuts clinics mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. and you can find that from 40 Days for Life. But everyone can sign the moral outcry petition, and it's actually a prayer, and I believe part of revival for America, because at the end of every legal document, you have a prayer. We pray to the Supreme Court to reverse it, but we also pray to Jesus Christ to help bring about this reversal. Mm-hmm. But signing the petition is an actual legal act. And we, as a nonprofit foundation at no charge, will take your name and record it in the official records of the United States Supreme Court 
when we do these friend of the court briefs and you will be part of history and recording your name before heaven and on earth in the actual records of the United States Supreme Court. And it's very easy, but very important to do. And you can just go to themoraloutcry.com, and either that's the website, Google The Moral Outcry, it'll come up, or there's a Moral Outcry Facebook page. And when it comes up on your phone even, you can write your name with your finger. That's how you sign the document. Awesome. And we don't share your name or sell it with anybody else. This isn't just a fundraising appeal. And it's asking the body of our government that created the crime of abortion to reverse it. You know, we can ask Congress to do it, but even if they pass a law banning abortion, which they should, it would still go to the Supreme Court to decide whether that's constitutional or not. We've got to get a change at the court. And we may see a resignation this summer. There's a lot of talk about Justice Kennedy resigning this summer mm-hmm. and letting the the Congress then, the president, nominate somebody. And our president is, one, is the most pro-life president since Ronald Reagan. He has done more for the pro-life cause than I could have ever dreamed any Republican candidate would have done. He is, he is an intervention by God in American history. He's not what anybody expected. He's not the candidate we would have created. But I believe God is using him to restore righteousness and justice to America. Well, we want to thank you, Adam, for being with us today. Give us your uh, contact information again, please. All right. Uh, two websites, the operationoutcry.org. If you're a woman that's had an abortion and you want to find out some healing resources or you want to give us your testimony confidentially, we do remove your name when we submit it legally if you want us to. But uh, That's Operation Outcry for women who've had abortions. The moraloutcry.com is for anybody that wants to just record their opposition to, the, to it. And let me say this, just another miracle. Justice Gorsuch wrote a book that was published in 2016. He co-authored it called The Law of Precedent. And in that book, before he even was on the Trump shortlist, he said one of the reasons for overturning a Supreme Court precedent is if it has been severely criticized by the American people. So when you sign the moral outcry petition, you are actually creating evidence that the Supreme Court can use to say the American people severely criticized our decision. It's time to turn this matter back to the American people to decide, or we will give, uh, even more hopefully, a right to life to every child in the world. Well, we thank you so much. We thank you, Alan, for being with us today. And we'll see you in Washington, D.C. on March the 11th through the 14th, where we will visit each representative in the House Go to the Senate and visit them. Give them a copy of some material to help them learn how to best pray for our nation. And then we'll be going to the Supreme Court either on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on who our leader is at this point. And it's looking really positive for us, for Texas to be greatly represented. So we do thank you. And I just want to pray with you today as we... uh, 
uh, send you off to do these wonderful things that God has brought you, not only to the great state of Texas, but to the nation in a time of need, much like I believe that he has placed uh, our present uh, president. So thank you so much, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on the highway, okay? I'm looking forward to seeing you. All righty. God bless. Thank you, Alan. Now, listening friends, we, we also want to let you know, if you're a woman out there that's that's thinking about an abortion, we would like to point you to the Heidi Group. And you can find that on HeidiGroup.org. This is an organization that exists to ensure that all Texas women have access to quality health care by coordinating services in a statewide network. These are full-service medical providers, friends, who work to extend health care to low-income women in Texas. And I would encourage you to go to that website, HeidiGroup.org, or the phone number is 877-WOMAN-11. 877-WOMAN, W-O-M-A-N, 11. And, I, you know, friends, there, there are resources out there where you can go and you can find quality health care as you go through this process. People to mentor you, people to, to walk through with you, and the Heidi Group is a great way to go. If you're a person who'd like to contact Alan, of course, he told you you can go to moraloutcry.com to sign the petition, or you can absolutely go to operationoutcry.org in order to get in touch with Alan and share your story. Friends, what an amazing day we've had here on Love Talk. I'd like to leave you with two thoughts. That Jesus created your inmost being. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And never forget that. No matter what you're going through today, Jesus loves you. John 8, 12 said, it says, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Do not believe the lies that people will try to tell you as you walk through this path. They will try to tell you that you can do anything you want without consequences. Friends, we're here to tell you that you can do anything you want within the freedom of Jesus Christ. He'll give you all the freedom that you ever wished for, wanted for, and desired, and it will be through Christ. Friends, thank you so much for joining us here today on Love Talk. For Mrs. Evelyn Davison, for our wonderful Gavin, our producer, and for me, Carrie Brinkater, we thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Love Talk.